0: We can hear you. We are having technical challenges. Johnny, if your signal disappears, call my cell phone and we will bring you in over the phone. That's the the fallback plan. Sure. Okay, here we go. Or take the rest of the day off. You could do that as well. Happy Wednesday to you folks and welcome to Got Your Back NHL Roundtable Edition. Got a great podcast in store for you today. Darren Dreger, Pierre Lebrun and Mike Johnson will all be gathered to talk NHL trade chatter. Looking forward to it. We're going to get Mike Johnson's top 10 Stanley Cup contenders and we're going to run down what they potentially could be adding at this year's deadline. So it's a cup contender trade deadline chatter podcast that we are in store for. Got your back. NHL brought to you by cross country Canada supplies and rentals. They provide equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. And what sets them apart is their getter done attitude. It's a core value of their company. They display it proudly on the walls at each of their branches. And every one of the staff members lives by the getter done formula to ensure they never let the customer down. They will bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. No excuses. Cross Country Canada supplies and rentals. Title sponsor here on Got Your Back. LeBrun and Rashad. As we say good morning to the fellas, Darren Dreger, Pierre LeBrun, and uh, Mike Johnson. Dregs, Pierre, you guys in in Toronto? You're you're bracing for a little bit of weather, are you? You're uh, what's coming? What's on the way, Dregs? Yeah, we got a big snowstorm apparently. Uh... Drifting
1: through later this afternoon, uh, into the wee hours, morning. I'm good with that. I don't normally like having to deal with this stuff on Tuesdays and Thursdays because they're busy days, right? With <laughs> uh, Insider trading and all of that. But I've got uh, the big snowblower all gassed up. I got all my winter gear ready to roll. I've picked which neighbors are my favorite neighbors in the last couple of weeks so I can help them out. So I'm geared up and ready.
0: Nice. you're that guy hey do What's you go around for,
1: and like shovel yeah. everyone's driveway for them
0: are you that guy uh yeah i don't I, shovel per or se or not because gear on yeah. it
2: whatever
1: i do i do i do um you know especially we've got some elderly families uh, yeah, okay. around us right you know i mean, yeah. gotta do the neighborly thing it just but what happens is it's the slippery slope no pun right, right. where do you as stop you, once yeah, you start where It kind of feels like it's a society line (laughs) at that point.
2: I'd be out at the end of the driveway like, uh, come on down, (laughs) bud. Like, here I am waiting for you. Although,
1: quick story. Last year when this happened, because it happens two, three times a winter, uh, I I did probably six, eight driveways. And within two, three days, I had probably a dozen bottles of wine as thank you. Very nice.
0: Mm. Although,
2: Shoggy, you'll appreciate this. Tonight will be the maiden voyage of my new Connor McDavid caliber driveway heater.
0: You've got oh. a driveway heater.
1: I have a heated driveway. I've been yeah. looking wow. into one of those. We have to talk about this, Mike. Look yes. at you guys.
0: I'm paying you both so let it too snow. much on the podcast.
1: Let yeah. it
2: snow. Although i got to try to get home tonight, <laughs> so maybe wait till about 8 o'clock tonight before it snows too hard. Okay.
0: Unreal. Like Pierre, it. you got a heated driveway in your castle? Uh, no. I, th- this literally <laughs> came up
3: in a conversation last week because uh, we were uh, at a coach's house for an outdoor skate with the girls and uh, he had one and I was saying to myself why did we take that out of our budget when we did our home rentals we did we cut it out for five. <laughs> we cut it off the budget and I'm thinking why <laughs> yeah.
0: Could have
3: left that in there
0: why yeah, did we yeah. do that okay listen we're gonna get to lots of NHL talk here before we do guys I wanted to acknowledge it today is Bell let's talk uh, day and we are all of course uh, employees of Bell that's uh, certainly a cause I know that we all uh, support in different ways. Um, but definitely wanted to point people towards Gino Retta's Twitter feed today because Gino had a real nice post that I think encapsulates in many ways what the day is about. So uh, listen, uh, Bell. Let's talk is something that we've been doing for a number of years. Uh, we appreciate everybody's involvement, <clears throat> and if you get a chance, uh, take a visit to Gino Retta's, uh Was it on Instagram or Twitter today that he put that Pierre? It was on Twitter, on I believe, Twitter. right? I, I saw, yeah, it, on I saw it on Twitter, and Twitter. Uh, yeah, it was on Twitter. Yeah, real nice post from Gino. And love you, Gino. Uh, Gino. I heard Phil. Yeah, yeah. Very, very heartfelt. And so uh, on this Bell Let's Talk day, thanks for that great message, Gino. And thanks for all of your uh, participation and contributions. Okay, guys, on today's pod, and Drags, you're so excited about our format. Mike Johnson has put himself out there and come up with his list of 10 top contending teams to win the Stanley Cup. We're going to go through those contenders. I'm going to talk about what they need and uh, what they could p- potentially add at the trade deadline. So let's Get to it. It's the breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. And the drive towards the playoffs is on and the trade deadline. So no better time to outfit yourself with gear from your favorite team. Pro Hockey Life is a place to go for your team's sweater or any of your team's apparel. They've got everything you need for the giant hockey fan in your life. Pro Hockey Life, like you, like these guys, like us, obsessed with the game. So we're going to do this list in reverse order. And we'll kind of do it, uh, I don't know, I don't know if we do a big reveal right away here on what the top 10 is or if we work our way backwards, Uh, but Johnny, I know you spent hours and hours on this list yesterday, (laughs) and we appreciate all the homework you did here on Got Your Back. So Mm -hmm. your top 10 list of Stanley Cup contenders. Paid by the hour, by the way. Yeah, paid by the hour. He (laughs) does bill by the hour, Johnny does, (laughs) and it's not pretty. Uh, number 10 on the list, Johnny, is Vegas. So the Vegas Golden Knights, eighth overall in <clears throat> points percentage as we sit. Uh, Dregs, LeBron, what, to, what do you guys view as needs for the Vegas Golden Knights? I've got down potentially top nine wingers uh, to help out. They've had some injury troubles here. But uh, what do we think their level of aggression will be, Dregs? And what do you think we're, mm. they're targeting?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I think that they would definitely look for, as you say, somebody who can... A push into the top six. Uh, so that fits nicely with what you've said as a, as a top nine, when it comes to George McPhee and and Kelly McCrimmon, how do you even guess what the plan is there? I yeah. mean, historically they've been super uh, aggressive. You know, they don't have the luxury of cap space to get overly aggressive, but there's always a want and a will to do something. Um, you know, Johnny took me to task in the goaltending of the Seattle Kraken. I'm still wounded <laughs> by that last time I was on the show. Um, and I'm pretty sure Marty Jones was like, what, first star of the week? Around. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. We don't yeah. have to go back. Boy, you hang on to stuff, hey, You hang on to stuff. That's a podcast to yeah, I mean, go. kind of left a mark. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I wonder about the goaltending of Vegas, and it hasn't seemed to have been a big issue. Um, but, you know, when you look at, at, at everything that's gone on to goaltending in Vegas, it certainly provided ample story angles for those of us in the media. But, you know, I watched a bit of that game last night as we recorded here on Wednesday, and even Logan Thompson post game, like, I, from what I saw, looked like he was fine. But man, did he dive on the sword post game and just, you know, flat out said he hasn't been good enough. So, I, it's not like you go to a farm and pick a starting goaltender in the National Hockey League because the trade deadline is is coming up. But is that an area that they might look to, if not try and improve on, maybe just add some depth?
3: Yeah, I, I think they're so limited by the cap. And I know that mm-hmm. this we could say that for a lot of contenders, but Vegas really, it's very true. I mean, they gave away... You know, Max Patch ready last summer for nothing because they had to do something. That's where they are. And, you know, acquired Shea Weber's contract for LTI reasons. I don't see a whole lot of flexibility there. I think maybe a top nine winger for depth, but I know that owner Bill Foley likes to get in on everything, but I don't really see the flexibility to be able to swing big here at this deadline. I could be wrong.
2: Unless, of course, Mark Stone is hurt longer term. I mean, he's missed a few games, got the back situation, he's had that
3: lingering for a few
2: years. If he can't play again this year, or he can't play in the regular season, all of a sudden, what does he make? He like nine and a half. That could nine open himself up pretty quickly. Yeah. We've got Great the list point.
0: here of uh potential trade baits. I believe this is from the mind of the quiz master. So if we see some names on here that we think are potential fits, we can just kind of drop them out there, but Top nine winger for the Vegas Golden Knights. Number nine, the Edmonton Oilers, says Johnny. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the market I live and work in. I watch every single night and think Mm -hmm. to myself, they need to upgrade themselves on the blue line. In particular, the second pairing left shot, Jacob Chickren, Joel Edmondson, take your pick, Gavrikov, whoever it may be. Um, How aggressive, Johnny, should the Edmonton Oilers be this year? To me, the light is giant, it is green, and it is flashing for this organization. I don't know why they wouldn't push a pile of chips in.
2: Yeah, it's advanced green right now. Like, you got to go. I mean, you have these two guys in Drysettle and-, and McDavid. They don't have that many more years left. They're guaranteed to be in Edmonton. Um, and I think the makeup of their team and their timeline matches up with also the Western Conference is wide open. And I think yeah. Edmonton would look at themselves Hey, listen. Who is way better than us? Like, who would we not have a good chance against in a playoff series, as is, let alone when we add someone else? And when there's such a glaring need, like, very clearly, yeah. obviously to find, we need left side, second pair of defensive help, someone to take the burden off of Darnell Nurse, make him better as well. Like, I know I like Broberg, and I like Xavier Burgo, and I like Picks, but, like, I think I gotta take a crack at this while these two guys are, are there. So I think... Those guys, I mean Chikrin's obviously the the biggest and probably best name amongst all those players, but I mean, you give me Gavrikov, I'll take him on that team. I mean, you mm-hmm. give me Edmonton, I take him. On, I think he makes them all better, but I think Chikrin is is the the bell of the ball for the Oilers.
0: Dregs, yeah, how um, aggressive yeah. do you think Kenny
1: will be? Well, I I, I mean, he's there's been a will to be aggressive, um, you know, dating back to last season. You know, certainly through the summer. It's pretty obvious, though, right? That the the asking price on Jacob Checker and on some of these players is just too expensive right now. And I had a conversation with an Oilers source yesterday who said, you know, maybe we just pull back a little bit and we do something minor on defense. I don't think that's going to appease the group. Um, McDavid and company, which matters more than the fan base (laughs) or the media. Uh, I think that, you know, it'll draw so much negative attention towards the Oilers if Holland does next to nothing or just simply makes a depth move. But I, I think he feels that. So as we're having this conversation in January, you know what, you get to mid to late February and maybe he starts to feel it a little bit as a veteran GM and says, look, I know this window if it's not closing, it's gonna get snug here in the next couple of years. So whether I'm around or not as general manager, I I'm I'm just gonna to have to buckle down and pay a price. So I feel like he will add the piece that you guys talked about needing.
3: Yeah, and I and I think, you know, this goes back to the 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 real life conundrum that I think Ken Holland faces in that front office is that I think when he leaves this job in a couple of years, whenever that is. I think he wants part of his legacy to be that the Oilers didn't trade away their first round pick every year and that they restocked the organization better than it was before he got there. At the same time, you're looking at Drysdale and McDavid and this is it. Let's go. And so those two things are counterintuitive with each other and it's a difficult balance mm-hmm. um to achieve and I, I honestly I think that's a that's a real life conversation happening in that Oilers front office. Like you look at Gabrikov. You know he leads uh He plays the most minutes on that Blue Jackets team. Um, mm-hmm. You know we talked about this on Insider Trading last week, but you know the price for him <laughs> is, is not only a first right now, but it's a first plus another asset because the Blue Jackets feel that he's a top rental defenseman on the market in t- well, terms of Johnny. LAs. I mean, I, I get it. Like I get wanting to leave the organization in a
2: good spot, but you know also the legacy would be cool, winning a cup, right? Like, and I of think if you, you prioritize that over the other and. Um, and I think this most recent run of good play by Edmonton doesn't take the pressure off. I think it adds the pressure because mm-hmm. like yep. they're better they they're showing what they can be and they're showing where they rank in the Western conference, which is one of the better teams with a real opportunity to go deep again. So mm-hmm. yeah, I get like, listen, I totally understand wanting to think about the future with these two guys and their contracts expiring in the next couple of years. I'm thinking more, uh, more about the, the present.
0: They're having their pro meetings right now. And yeah. I believe the conversation they should be having, never mind, oh, you know, how's the blue line look? You mm. oh, know Broberg's coming along. And he might be, you know, 70% of chicken by the end of the year. And never mind those conversations. The conversations I think they need to have are, what do we need to beat the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup final? Mm. If you come up against the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup final, what or do Colorado you need? Or Colorado again. Or yeah. Colorado in, in, in the West. What do you need? And go and get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I think we that think needs that to be that one
1: player is going to do that. I don't. Well,
0: think. I mean, you, that's you can only add a few at the deadline, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, yeah. Dregs? What you don't yeah. want to do is is say, mm. well, Broberg's ready for this and that. And you find yourself in a Stanley Cup final and he wasn't yeah. quite ready and you were short. Figure out mm. what you need if you get to where you want to go and go yeah. get it. Like be aggressive. My thought process Dude. on Edmonton. Uh, number eight is the New Jersey Devils on Johnny's list. Number three in the league in points percentage. Uh, Timo Meyer is a name that's been bounced around there. But scoring, Pierre, do we feel like scoring would be the uh, the ad for them?
3: Yeah, it's not a huge issue, but they, they could use a little more depth there, I think. Um, they also have cap room, uh, yeah. which a lot of contenders don't mm. have, by the way. Um, I, I think the balance there for Tom Fitzgerald, the GM is this team has taken a gigantic step this year in their development as, as a franchise not to get yeah. too carried away. But they could be a real wild card because, listen, this is a GM last summer that made Johnny Goudreau an offer, that tried to get in on the Matthew Kachuk trade but didn't make the shortlist from Newport Sports. So they, <laughs> they've swung for the fences before in, in order to fast-track things. So, yeah, they, they could be interesting.
2: They're one of the few teams, guys, that has the cap space to go get not just a rental. Like they can go get Timo Meyer, afford to qualify him, or afford to extend him, or or you know, get one of those like, we'll trade for Kuzmenko, but we're gonna sign him once we get him. One of those kind of guys like Lindholm last year in Boston. I think they're uniquely positioned amongst the teams that are favorites where they have the cap flexibility to do different things. So many teams will be like, okay, rental. You eat half his contract. Maybe we have to bring another team to eat another half of the con. Like, mm. but they're not like that, and they're unique in that way. They could really take advantage of of their cap flexibility and be super aggressive. And like Timo Meyer on that team, you think about your Swiss guy, Siegenthaler, Swiss guy. Yeah. Like that would be, mm-hmm. they'd be scary with that guy on their team if they're healthy.
1: Uh-huh. I agree. Look, Tom Fitzgerald is one of my favorite NHL general managers because of how sneaky he is, mm-hmm. right? Like he, he he works in like a stealth environment. That doesn't mean he's, he's not approachable. I mean, he's approachable. We talked to him you know, a number of times over the course of the season and he'll be very honest about, okay, here's my wish list. Here's what I think we need, all of that. Um, but then he finds a way to go out and get it while other general managers will just often talk about it. So I, I think that he's committed to making sure that this season isn't just about the experience. He's recognizing that this is a good team. He's recognizing that they've done some, some pretty significant things in the pieces that they've added. I'd be surprised if Fitzy and the Devils aren't a player in adding a significant piece up front.
2: One little question. They, they, I think uh, Severson pending UFA – I think yeah, Gray I was just going to say the UFA, but they have They got to figure out
3: Jesper Brat. Jesper Hughes, Bratt is but, a... But they have Nemich and yeah. Hughes
2: coming in like, yeah. like yeah. You, you you don't want to take away guys at this You got to manage
1: it a bit. But yeah.
2: you, there are some options there too with other guys coming in quickly. And Luke Hughes might be mm. here, you know, in in 6 weeks. So who right. knows where he ends up.
3: Well, Number they're going to have They're going to have to pay, pay Brat in the offseason, but I sure. guess the off season's the off season, right? So you don't worry about that right now, no. but when you talk about the Meyer thing if, if you're thinking of bringing in Meyer and paying him, what does that do to Brat? Because that was a difficult negotiation last summer by all accounts, right? That didn't go too well as far as what Brat's camp thought he was at and where the Devils are at. So, eh, fascinating, yeah.
0: Number seven on the list, the Winnipeg Jets, sixth in the league in points percentage. Uh, and maybe let's get specific with some potential names here, right? The 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 story everybody would like to see, or a lot of people would be Johnny Jonathan Taves in the return. Uh, but, Dregs, are we thinking middle six winger? Are you thinking center? Like which which way do you think they end up leaning here and who are some potentials?
1: Well, you know, again, be because of the cap space that the Winnipeg Jets may have. Um, and you know, if they stay healthy at the deadline, it could be north of seven million dollars. I mean, they've Mm. they've got some flexibility because they didn't use LTIR on on the guys that they had on the sidelines for an extended period of time. I think off is open to possibilities. Um, I don't see a glaring need there. If they're going to add a more significant piece, it feels like it's going to be on defense, to be fair. Uh, I think they they like the way they shape up up the middle of the ice. Now, I, I don't think they have any questions there with Shifley and Dubois. I mean, when Adam Lowry is your third line center, uh, I think you stack up pretty well in that Western Conference. Can they improve on the wing? Yeah, they can. Uh, but their pro scouting has done some, Some nice work with some of the more recent ads as well. So typical of Kevin a very conservative general manager. He's going to keep his cards tight to the vest. But again, as long as they have the space, I think that they prefer to bolster what they have on the back end, but always open to the idea of improving on the wing
2: for sure. I like winger. Like you go get a guy like like a Barbashev, you know, a guy kind of third – Second, third line guy can add an element of speed and like, you know, relatively strong. Like, you know, Morgan Barron plays in that role right now. He's a good player and he probably will be there long term. But maybe someone that's a little more oomph to make that third <laughs> line a little more dangerous with Adam Lowry, who's kind of who plays hard, plays well, but hasn't been scoring much. I think that would make them pretty dangerous because the risk also like they may get Colorado in the first round. You know, if yeah. you don't win the division, you might you might get Colorado. And you might not even have yep. home. You know, they're going to have home ice very likely. But um, you better buckle up because that's a tough one.
3: What did Daryl Sutter say uh, playing Colorado in the first round? Well, maybe that was last year. Waste of eight year, days. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the other thing with the Jets, too, uh, and I hadn't even thought of the Colorado matchup. Yeah, they're, they're third in the Central this morning. They passed uh, Minnesota last night. Um, the other thing, we just talked about the Oilers and the moment at hand, the Jets have a moment at hand because Mm -hmm. they have this wonderful bounce-back season on their Rick bonus, and they kind of cleanse the air, you know, strip the captaincy. All these things have happened, and the Jets are having a wonderful story develop here this year. Who knows what the future holds? You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, uh, Blake Wheeler. uh, You know, who knows what 2024 and 2025 looks like in terms of this (coughs) roster and and decisions that are coming. You know, if you're Kevin Shovel Day off, is this an all-in opportunity in a wide-open West? Albeit, mm-hmm. to your point, MJ, I hadn't thought of it, maybe Colorado in the first round, but I don't know. I mean, this might be your best roster mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Here. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, great. got to pick up the pace a little bit here. Uh, Dallas Stars are number six on the list. Uh, Stars have no first rounder. Of course, they made that deal with the New York Rangers earlier this year. Um, they're fifth in the league in points percentage. Johnny... Uh, any suggestions on who could land in Dallas and what the what the needs are? Is it a top six forward, or you know, do they add to that blue line a bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're they're nibbling around the edges of depth. I think depth on the defensive side of things, but they have a pretty good defensive system. They have an excellent goaltender. I think you know someone who could add some more scoring on the wing. I think would be an easy thing to go get, and maybe it's a it's a Gus Nyquist or somebody like that, or an, you know, maybe a, a, a Athanaciu or you know, like. You know, not a slam dunk, but a guy, if he works out well, he can help them because they're they're pretty solid. They have young players they want to have the opportunity, but I do think a little bit scoring, like Gurionov hasn't scored a ton this year, maybe offering yeah. up the production that he, they thought they might get from him.
1: Quick thoughts, yeah. guys? Yeah, see, I, I, I think that, uh, look, coaches always shoot higher, right? I mean, they always <laughs> want the best. They don't care what the contract looks like. Uh, I think Pete DeBoer is begging for somebody to play alongside Tyler Sagan Mm -hmm. on the wing. So, you know, who is that? Um, Yeah, I think that they would have considerable interest, as a lot of teams would, if Ken Hughes were to put Josh Anderson in play Mm -hmm. between now and and March 3rd. So Mm -hmm. that's the type of piece, whether or not, again, without having that first-round pick, we know Hughes wants a third first-rounder. So it's going to be a challenge for Dallas to shoot that. I like Barbashev. I think he's a good player yeah. in the right spot.
2: Good
0: That's player. two mentions I, I, for yeah. Barbashev by Johnny
1: I think the I like price it.
3: is even more than just, well, as Dregs knows, I mean, Montreal really likes Josh Anderson, and they see him as part of the other side of this whole thing here that they're doing, but, you know, teams are phoning. Ken Hughes has said that no player has garnered more attention since the day he took the job 13 months ago than Josh Anderson. I mean, he's the guy that teams call about, and there's a reason – yeah. There's not a lot of power forage left in this league. And, uh, you know, you saw what he did in the first round against the Leafs a couple of years ago in terms of his physical play. That would be a big-time addition for a contender. But, again, I think that I think the Habs are kind of toying with teams saying, send me your overpay and we'll look at it.
0: What a playoff-style player that would be to add. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, lowest on Johnny's list in terms of points percentage. The defending champs are 15th in the moment. But we know that injuries have come into play big time there. Uh, Mike, what do you see as their need? Oh, it's, and uh, and how aggressive ooh. can they be? It's very
2: obvious, right? They need a second-line center. They lost yeah. one in Cadre. Yeah. They tried. New hook hasn't really worked. They've had Comfort in there. Rodriguez has
0: been in and out. Yeah, you know, Rodriguez O'Reilly. So you I mean, see so Ryan O'Reilly.
2: Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. It could be Taves. It could be O'Reilly. It could be Horvath. <laughs> it could be any of those kind of big-name centermen. Um, you know, O'Reilly, the only question is, Colorado plays with great pace.
1: Yeah. The, 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 yeah the, you know,
2: not about O'Reilly, the player, but is it a good fit in yeah. the system? But it's second line center. I think they got to be aggressive because, you know, they have a shot here. Uh, you know, their contracts are only going to keep getting more expensive. So, um, but second line center and everything else, don't worry about it.
3: Anything to add, Pierre? Well, it also would be a great side story if it's O'Reilly, given how he left Colorado, by mm-hmm, the way, yeah. but like, it just shows you that time heals all wounds. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Horvat, O'Reilly, and Taze, you guys mentioned them. I think, the you know, way down the list if the Avs strike out on everyone is is whether they have interest in a healthy Sean Monaghan. Yep. If Once Monaghan comes back, or he was a pretty good story before he got hurt in Montreal. They have, they have to go out and add in their top six or top nine. You know, they didn't just yeah. lose Kadri. I mean, they lost Burkowski too, from their group yeah. of boards last summer. And I think it's been felt uh, maybe more than I thought they would have felt that, so... They're going to be aggressive. Uh, they want to defend their title. They're getting healthy. They're getting their mojo back. I think Chris McFarlane might be the most aggressive GM of the trade deadline this year.
2: I like Monahan. I like Monahan as like an underpriced guy if the other guys get too expensive. Yeah, big time.
0: Dregs, the Toronto Maple Leaf, fourth in the league in points percentage. Um, Dregs, what's the most yeah. likely need they fill? And, and where's Dubas's head at here? Some yeah, names. you know, I've
1: I've I flipped on this a little bit. Um, yeah, and that's with sourcing. For the longest time, it felt like you know they were looking for defensemen, right? And and to some degree, they still are. But when when you look at the six, seven guys that they have back there, they're they're okay with the group, and they believe the group is going to get better. So maybe you look at a, a shutdown uh, type of depth defenseman. Um, you know, Luke Shen as an example. Scott Mayfield, Something like that. Like, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be something that's flashy or expensive for the leaves. So then you look at, okay, what's a better need or a bigger need? And um, a luxury item would be a, a top six winger again, right? So you can move Cali Yarncroke down into your bottom six. And and maybe that, well, it would make you a, a lot deeper up front. But what is the ask and, and who is the perfect fit? And, and that's where it gets challenging. You can see Dubas not do a whole heck of a lot. Like, you know, Tyler Mott eventually is going to get healthy with with the Ottawa Senators. He's not a top six guy, but he's a good penalty killer, right? He can play meaningful minutes in the bottom six. So I, I, I think Toronto is is willing to do just about anything but may not do much of anything beyond that. Hmm.
3: You know, one thing that I find fascinating, I mean, Leafs Twitter is a dangerous place to live, but I, I find it interesting that there are clearly <laughs> two camps among Leaf fans. There are Leaf fans of late that I've seen say, don't spend any futures. What's the point when you got to get through Tampa and Boston? And I guess I understand that. But there's obviously the other camp saying, when is this team ever going to win? And you should be doing all you can with the GM on an expiring deal to get over the hump. And I'm probably, you know, with that camp, that this is a really good Leafs team again, and which has its first-round pick. They actually have the kind of assets Tampa doesn't. Right now, and I would be all in, beyond all in. Like, give this. I'm actually surprised you care
1: what the fans think.
3: Well, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, Spend a lot of time you in Leafs mentions. And, and the other thing is, the Leafs have a lot of expiring deals up front. I mean, that's why Timo Meyer is interesting to me. If you, if you think you can sign him now, I think his extension starts with a nine. Oof. Everyone's so worried about his $10 <laughs> million dollar QO. I don't think his agent, Chloe Lemieux, is going around telling teams, oh, yeah, we'll sign for way less than that. This guy's gonna is on pace for forty six goals, so so maybe that's not realistic. Save Leafs, some of that
2: money for but, William Nylander, who also will start well, with a nine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah at least. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Johnny. Another thought on the Leafs' potential. I, I mean, or? I
2: think top six. I think they were hoping that Nick Robertson would have filled it. Obviously, he was injured, didn't work. So Yarn Kroak as a third liner with Engvall and Kopp, That like that feels better. Right with a yeah. good player in the top six. Like, they're one top yeah. six forward short. And whether it's, yeah. you know, Myers, obviously the sexy name. And I'd be looking at, like, you know, Matthew Nyes is a prospect everyone's really thinking highly of. You know, I like, I look at his game. I'm like, you know what? I would be willing to risk that that uh, yeah. for, for that kind of run. Again, like mm-hmm. a Kuzmenko, a Barbashev. I, I like those kind of guys that could add to an already skillful group.
1: That's Scott Carolina Mayfield Hurricane's on the back end.
2: He's my right shot defenseman for Toronto.
0: There Def you go. Guy. Yeah, I
2: never right. thought a of that. Name.
1: I agree. That's
0: a good name. UFA. That is a good name. Yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, number three on the list. Uh, second in points percentage. And we know the injury situation, uh, the news they got this week with Max Pacioretty. So, uh, Pierre, they have some space. They have a need. And uh, what's Donnie Waddell's headspace? Yeah, I mean, they're
3: going to do something. They have $7 million to spend now from Pacioretty's salary. But uh, in chatting with him on Monday, he also put the brakes on everyone's anticipation of this happening, A, and a a hurry. GM
0: lowering expectation? Come exactly. On. Come on. Well,
3: the thing that Waddell, I think, was pretty honest about, and, and if you look at the track record with Carolina, it's true, they have not spent big on rentals at the trade deadline since since this regime has been in charge. They're a lot more interested in uh, either a lower-end rental or a hockey deal for a bigger guy. When they traded for Shea, he had term on his deal, if you remember. So that's more up their alley. And that's why, again, Timo Meyer, I know they have interest in. Or if they get in deeper on Horvat and Carolina and Vancouver have had a couple of conversations... It has to be a situation for Carolina where they get to bring in Newport sports and figure out the future, which right now the Newport sports does not have that ability to do so. So, yes, I think they're willing to add big, but it has to be something that fits beyond this year for them. Um, at this point, anyway, we'll see as we get closer to
1: March 3rd. By the way, I, that Vancouver position on that with Horvat allowing, not allowing it makes zero sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I know that they, they want to make sure that they manage the process and they feel like there could be a leverage shift if the player and the agent have that. It doesn't right. make any sense, especially as, as Pierre just talked about with Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, Carolina probably is willing to give up a little bit more. Than they otherwise would for a rental, right. but specific to the hurricanes now. So let's just let's just envision this for a second. Donnie Waddell sitting in the office with Rod Brindamore saying, Can't promise you that you're gonna yeah. get a whole lot here, Rod. <laughs> ah, you know, you've had a real good run. Paul Spazi or Take your pick. Ah, There's your second line. Sorry, center. Rod. You know, you're just going to have to manage with what you've got. All yeah, let's see how that works they've, they've played that game in Carolina long enough. It's time that they stepped up and, and got this guy some players mm-hmm. that they legit mm-hmm. will contend for the cup.
3: And
2: they yeah, are, and they struggled to the score are, the fouls last year. There are centermen out there. Like, they think they, there are players that can oh, yeah. fill the need that they have. One other yeah. wrinkle for Carolina, too. They got three goalies now. And maybe exactly. trading anti-Ronta can clear out space, can get second-round picks back to some team that wants to help their goaltending depth. Um, so there might be an interesting goaltending shift there because they got one too
0: many in Carolina. Uh, number two on the list, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Seventh in the league in points percentage. Number two on Johnny's list. Mike Johnson, what would you add to the Tampa Bay Lightning? Some names, some thoughts, and we got a couple minutes here for the last two teams.
2: Well, they're seventh in the point percentage, but in the last 30 games, they're second. They're only mm-hmm. behind Boston and all their best nice. players are playing well and everyone's getting back healthy. I guess they're going to, I mean, they probably would like some depth on defense. You know, they probably would that would the. you know, they got Perbix and guys like that playing, um, you know, depth guys, they always seem to find a way to afford them. Um, yeah. But like a Gavrikov or players like that, you're like, Oh my goodness, look how good he looks on Tampa. All of a sudden he's David Savard looking amazing. So, yeah. you know, I think players kind of like that. Uh, and I still think they're terrifying to go up against in the playoffs, whether you're the Leafs in the first mm. round or Boston in the second because of of who they are and, the, and what they've done.
0: I don't know how I like you coming over the top with a more relevant stat on your host there. That was uh, <laughs> maybe a flag on the play there. <laughs> Drags So I up. do my
2: research.
1: Nah, look, I'll be quick here because I know Pierre spoke to Julian Breezeball and wrote about it. Um, I agree with with Johnny, I mean, the the issue that Breezeball and the Lightning now have is they've depleted their assets, right? The cupboard isn't bare, but it's getting pretty thin. But they've done that, you know, with the ambition of winning and successfully winning Stanley Cups. So it feels like this could be the depth here for Breezeball and the Cowboy Lightning.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm always weary of. I mean, that's what Julian Breesbo essentially said in our interview this week. Is that uh, he doesn't have the first round picks this year, or next doesn't have a second round pick this year, so he's, he can't do a big splash. To use his words, his nose has also grown in the last couple of years. When he said he wouldn't do a whole lot, and then he went out and got Gujo and 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 Coleman one year, and David Savard another year, and Hegel and Nick Paul last year. He specifically mentioned a Nick Paul esque player both in my right. interview and with the local media in Tampa yesterday. Uh, which would make sense. Um, I I think he could trade someone off his roster to make it work. Uh, He's got a few prospects in Syracuse. So I think a top nine forward, and I agree depth on D, I think he's going to try and get both those done, and
1: that's probably all it is. It's a lot.
0: Hmm. All right, no surprise. Number one on the list, the Boston Bruins. Uh, Talk about an unreal performance start to finish wire to wire here. So how do the Bruins get better, Dregs? What's realistic for them?
1: you, (laughs) you, You know what Don Sweeney should do?
0: unplug nothing. his phone
1: nothing yeah, not really just Don't leave it be a hey hands 100%. off 100 everybody agree what do you guys think? think well i mean they're so good i mean yeah. now look i mean you have to if you, you have to excuse the possibility of injury obviously if something happens between now and march 3rd that's that's different but they're going to get david pasternak's contract extension done here in the near future likely right after the all-star break i wouldn't tinker with success i'd leave that roster alone
2: You do run the risk, right? Like they are so perfectly harmonious and going so well. Like, you know, you bring in Bo Horvat. What what does that do to Charlie Coyle? And what does that do to the penalty kill rotation? And what does that Mm -hmm. do? The only thing I'll say about Boston is that I I think the Pavel Zaka contract, while it's kind of out of left field, is a succession plan for when Krejci retires. And I think the Horvat trade and contract extension is the succession plan for when Bergeron retire, which may be this summer. So you're like, well, yeah. what, you know, be careful what you do. But if it's not even just about this year, but also about next and those two centermen, you'll wonder if they swing big for that reason. It, it, but I would be leery of changing too much on a team that's going this well.
3: And and Don Sweeney, I always say, look back at past deadlines like we just did with Breeze. Bowl. Don Sweeney last year didn't just trade for Hampus, Hampus Lindholm. He, he signed him in the process. Right. And I think he he doesn't allow himself to just live in the moment. He tries to get some off-season stuff done at the same time as the deadline, which is clever if you can pull it <laughs> off. You know, my colleague, Fluto Shinzao, wrote this in The Athletic uh, this week that if you get Horvat, you got to sign him, it's just like Lindholm, right? Mm-hmm. So that if Bergeron and Krejci retire, you got to, you know, part of that succession, MJ. So I get it from that perspective. But man, this team is absolutely. I mean, Mojo through the roof here. Everyone's in the right spot. You got Taylor Hall in the third line. It's mm. unbelievable the rhythm this team is playing with right now. Uh, I could see a Luke Shen-type addition right. on, on the blue line, by the way, just for depth. But, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting decision. Why mess with Johnson. perfection?
0: <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing? And it, and it is I mean, basically really. perfection this yeah. year. Uh, what do we think of Johnny's list, guys? New York Rangers on line one, Johnny? You know like, I, I'm so impressed by this list that I, I, I'm going to
1: assume that the quiz is enlisted Mike Johnson <laughs> to do the trade bait board. I know what
2: you're doing right Until now, Drex. I 100% idea. know There's what a... you're doing, and I don't no, like no, it that's... one I like it. <laughs> so
0: somebody needs to put together a trade bait board at TSN, and we're hearing some uh, jockeying for positioning here. <laughs> yeah, a we'll race that you. nobody Jay, wants we'll, to win. We'll, we'll, throw in, well, we'll give you some names. We'll turtle derby number. here. Get me out of that <laughs> race. The Rangers uh, didn't make
3: the list, but keep in mind, Chris Jerry and the New
0: York Rangers, two yeah. first-round picks to play with. This yeah. year, yep, 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 in yep. Their back pocket There's some space, Just yeah. That. Very good. Okay, that'll wrap the segment. Uh Thanks, guys. Johnny, you got time to stick around for red card, yellow card, no card? Or you got to go. I got to go. Okay, that's uh, a well, red card you, on me. You you can weigh in quick. her yeah. on Peltier. Red card, yellow card, no card. Well,
2: that's a that's a red card. Automatic ejection. The jerk store called. They're all out of Sutter's. What's the (laughs) point in doing? Like, there's no need whatsoever in treating someone that way. Big moment. Family there. You can say a thousand different ways, a thousand different things. No need. Red card. Red card for Mike Johnson. Okay, the
0: rest of us are going to weigh in after the break. Great segment, guys. Thank you kindly. More is on the way here on Got Your Back. LeBron and Rashad. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. Cross-Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. Every one of the staff members lives by the get-or-done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross-country Canada takes great pride in this attitude, and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that. All right, time now for red card, yellow card, no card. Darren Drager's favorite game, the game that is sweeping the nation, and it's brought to you this week by Liberty Smart Security, a company that specializes... In having your back, high-quality, advanced smart security systems for your home or your business, Liberty Smart Security uses leading-edge technology to protect the things that you value most in your life. Your home is your castle. Protect it with Liberty Smart Security. Okay, guys. Uh, Daryl Sutter, his comments uh, after rookie Jacob Peltier got into the, his first NHL game, right? He's all excited. He's been made to wait. He's been biding his time. He gets in. And post-game, Arsalan Valji asking Daryl Sutter his thoughts on young Peltier's play. Jacob's first
1: few shifts in the NHL. Uh, Jacob Peltier What number is he? 49. Forty-nine. Six minutes, 35 seconds, 13 shifts. Average 30 seconds a shift. Got 43 seconds in the power play. Played five minutes, 52 seconds. Had one shot goal and one hit.
0: Beyond the stats,
1: what can you learn just from being on the bench and seeing what the veterans on the team are doing. It's the NHL, 21 years old, long ways to go.
0: Now, listen, Sutter came out the next day and said it would be unfair to judge him, he didn't play that much. Uh, but in the moment, these comments Dregs, where's your head go on this? And remember, there's some nuance here red card, yellow card, or no card at all.
1: Well, it's a red card for sure. I mean, how many red cards are in the deck of red cards? Because that's as many cards that should be laid down here. And with respect to, to how Daryl walked it back a little bit, what he failed to do was apologize. I mean, you know, as MJ talked about, you know, this is a moment in a career uh, for Jacob Pelshe, his NHL regular season debut. And it felt like Sutter stepped on him like an ant. So I can appreciate the explanation because he talked about the situational part of the game that limited his ice time, but that was a big miss by Daryl Sutter. And I don't think he took responsibility for that miss.
3: Yeah, definitely a red card Uh, should not have been handled that way. And a reminder that, you know, today's generation of player, the tough love approach, I don't think really works for the most part. Um, and it was one of the concerns that I think a lot of people had when Daryl Sutter came back to coach—is how he would handle, you know, these younger players. And listen, they can't argue with the success the Flames have had from that perspective. Bringing back Daryl Sutter has been a good decision, but uh, you know, in terms of dealing with younger players, you know, that may have cut it twenty years ago, but not today.
0: See, and I uh, will hear from our ultimate arbiter Terry Ryan here in a minute. I, I immediately thought red card for sure. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that I wonder what we don't know. Like, I I don't know if there's much that goes on behind the scenes. I don't know what words of encouragement here and there, there may have been from, from Daryl Sutter behind the scenes and how he handled it personally with Pelchier, I think plays a lot into this. So what we see on the surface is a red card all day. I wonder what went on behind the scenes and what conversations might've been had that could potentially downgrade it to a yellow, Maybe. But uh, definitely on the surface, a red card on the play. You guys might be surprised to by our ultimate arbiter. And remember, Terry Ryan was a first-round pick by the Montreal Canadiens. And he was definitely uh, given some tough love when he came up and when he was trying to break through the National Hockey League. So an interesting perspective from a guy uh, who has come in with lots of expectation and banged up against some pretty uh, tough Knox-type coaches. Here's our ultimate arbiter. When it comes to Sutter's comments on Pelletier, I say no card. There's nothing wrong with his comments, but they also weren't necessary.
3: I wouldn't want a coach saying that about me when I'm already nervous. But, of course, what we see in the media and what happens in the room are two different things. Daryl Sutter was kidding more than anything and trying his hand at being cheeky, as he often does in post-game interviews. Part of being a player is having to handle all different kinds of coaches and, in the end, chalk this one up to experience. No card on the play.
0: Interesting from Terry Ryan on this one, guys. And what struck me about that was when Solomon asked the question, I think Daryl heard him because you see him start grabbing for his glasses. So he wanted to buy himself a little time to throw on the glasses and to go to the stat sheet. And while Solomon had to repeat the question. So was he trying – is this Sutter trying to be cheeky or funny or is this some personality or is this just coming from the dark place that it kind of feels like it did, which was (laughs) kind of just being – not too nice to a young kid, Dregs. Like, where did this I, I mean, from? it feels like
1: all of that. It feels yeah. like all of that. Um, you know, Daryl coaches this way. Uh, to your point earlier, Ryan, I, I'm sure there, there was a different message that was delivered post-game or after the fact, but we don't know that for certain. And in Daryl's world, we're never going to know that because he's never taking that curtain away. He's not. So what we get to see is what he gives us, and that's in the media. So... Uh, I don't disagree with Terry entirely. His experience might have been different, but I just feel like in today's game, this was offside.
3: And in and, and the bigger picture, again, this almost goes without saying, but Daryl Sutter has more power than a normal NHL coach, right? In that organization, he has a relationship with ownership. He was extended at the start of the season while GM Bradtree Living was not. And and none of the assistants
1: be. were either, Pierre. Like, right. So Daryl oh. Sutter got his extension, the GM did not, and nor did the assistants.
3: Yeah, and that may all play out in time as far as other people getting extensions, but yeah. I'm just saying that uh, he carries he carries a bigger stick than most coaches in the league in their positions.
0: All right, that was red card, yellow card, no card, brought to you by Liberty Smart Security. Uh, Before we wrap up the podcast, guys, on this Bell Let's Talk day, uh, we definitely also want to acknowledge Senator's assistant coach, Bob Jones. Tough announcement from the organization yesterday that he is battling ALS. Um, So we're sending our thoughts and prayers to, to him, his family, the Sens organization, but... Uh, they wanted to be public with this to drive awareness for this cause. And Pierre, this has really touched the hockey community significantly in recent years here with the, you know, Chris snow, we've watched his very personal battle with it. Uh, assistant yeah. general manager of the Calgary flames. And of course, Boris Salming, but uh, Bob Jones diagnosed with ALS and, and wanting to raise awareness and being public with this.
3: Yeah. And the snow <laughs> family has done so much for awareness, uh, you know, with Chris's battle and, um, absolutely center positive thoughts to, to Bob Jones and his family who could have kept this private, obviously until, mm. until, you know, until the end of the year, but uh, you know, it's about raising awareness, terrible disease. As I, most people know, my mom died from it. So mm.
1: terrible. Yeah. And I mean, the emotional impact of, of Bob Jones, uh, I think has been acknowledged by Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa senators. Mm. He's a, a very popular, assistant coach. He's got tight, great relationships with the players. Um, I believe they learned about it around Christmas or or just before Christmas. And for whatever reason the word bravery pops into my head because, you know, I think of Chris Snow, I, I think of Kelsey, I think of the Snow family, I think of Mark Curtin and and the great work that they all continue to do to to raise awareness. And now Bob Jones is joining that team uh, in an effort to you know, at some point, try and curb, if not pfft, hopefully one day eradicate just a terrible, terrible illness. So it's a tough story in Ottawa to be sure,
0: but in the moment, it's more positive than negative. All right, gentlemen, thank you kindly for your thoughts and your contributions today. Much appreciated. That'll wrap up the podcast, folks. A big thanks to our sponsors Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, Pro Hockey Life. And of course, Liberty Smart Security as well. On this Bell Let's Talk day, hey, check in with those that matter to you. Make sure those around you are doing okay and that they know they've got a soft shoulder should they ever need anything. Uh, Bell Let's Talk is a cause that uh, we've been part of for a number of years. So keep an eye on Twitter, uh, get your retweets uh, out there, and uh, let's push this thing forward and continue to raise awareness for mental health issues Uh, in this country and around the world. We'll talk to you again real soon here on Got Your Back, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers.